BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. We got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Just Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. One plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus vest that expires seven days after receipt. See full terms at fanduel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time to play like a jet. With your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen. Human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you. Denzel Mims with another monster score of 70 yards. Quick pass to Crowder trying to get him out of space. Slips a tackle, and there he goes. Crowder, it's a foot race, and Crowder is in there. A 69-yard touchdown. Takes a shot. Here's Kelly Davis, wide open. Davis. Still going, and he's in for the touchdown. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. You know that's the q Oh, my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the playlikeajet.com digital studios, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And it is time for the Chronicles of Nanio with the man that this program is named for. He is the co-founder and resident stat geek over at jetsxfactor.com, Mr. Michael Nanio. Michael, what's going on, buddy? I'm doing good. Really enjoying looking through the numbers of this entire rookie class. It's a really intriguing group that... Uh, Joe Douglas and the staff has put together. So it's been a lot of fun kind of getting to know these guys and seeing what they bring to the table for this team. Last week, we took a look at the statistical scouting report for the number two overall pick in the draft, Zach Wilson, the quarterback out of BYU. Now let's take a look at the receiver who seems to be Zach Wilson's new pal. Every time you look, you're hearing about them talking on the phone or they've been posing for pictures at a restaurant together. And that is Elijah Moore, the wide receiver out of Ole Miss. I think there's a bit of a misconception here, Michael, because a lot of people will say 
that he's a gadget guy and they can use him as their very own version of Debo Samuel. And there is an element of that with him, but more to the point, he exhibits some really elite traits. And let's start with his actual production. This is a guy that was able to produce in short, medium, and long-range situations. Yeah, what's really great about Elijah Moore is that you're not just drafting him to, you know, catch screen passes, run jet sweeps, gimmicky stuff like that, which he can do, but he has the ability to, even though he's a smaller guy, um, to do damage at every level of the field, like an Antonio Brown, like a Tyler Lockett, um, other guys who are smaller but are talented enough to make plays really anywhere, just like a bigger-bodied wide receiver could. Um, So more this past season for Mississippi, he was making plays at every level of the field. He averaged 61 yards per game on deep targets, which is over 20 yards downfield. That was second in the nation behind Jalen Waddell. And on intermediate targets, which is 10 to 19 yards downfield, he averaged 43 yards a game. And that was also second in the country behind Dwayne Eskridge. So that's over 100 yards per game on passes thrown over 10 yards downfield. So he is not just a guy who gets fed the ball underneath. He averaged over 100 yards per game just on passes that are generally beyond the first down marker. So he is a threat down the field, a major, major threat down the field. So you're definitely not drafting him just to throw him screens, just to feed him touches underneath. He can get open deep. And he can make those catches deep in contested situations. And he can catch the ball on a crossing route, um, on a deep dig route or post route, and then make something happen after the catch and turn uh, a solid gain into a huge one. He is a downfield playmaker in the truest sense, regardless of his size. And a big part of the reason why he's able to make plays is because he has such reliable hands. Yeah, his hands are great. And that's huge for a guy who doesn't have the best size. You really have to have strong hands and be able to secure the ball effectively. And he doesn't have big hands. Um, well, for his size, he does. Obviously, he's smaller, um, being only five nine and a half. but his hands are pretty decent for his size. Um, being 5'9", 178, that's obviously going to make him one of the smallest receivers in the league. But his hands measured at 9 and 3 eighths inches, which is perfectly average for a wide receiver. So that's well beyond where they should be. Uh, for his height and his frame. And that does show up on the field with his hands. Drop numbers, extremely low. He only had two drops last year against 86 catches, 2.3% drop rate. That was 12th best out of FBS wide receivers with at least 50 targets, 92nd percentile, and is better than any receiver who got drafted in the first round this year. Um, And he's also good on contested catches, 73% contested catch rate. In 2020, that's at the 92nd percentile, over 30% better than the FBS average for wide receivers. So his hands are great. doesn't matter how small he is. He knows how to high point the ball, time his jump. Uh, and his hands are very strong. He's good catching technique, doesn't let it get into his body. He stabs at the ball with two hands and pulls it in. Uh, and he uses his athleticism great. His you know He's got good leaping ability, and he times it well in the air. So it all comes down to... Uh, His hands definitely all, he brings everything together. He's got good hand size for a guy with a smaller frame. He's athletic. He's times the ball well in the air, good technique. And you put it all together and you got a guy who very rarely drops the ball and wins contested catches at a very, very good rate. 
Michael, you mentioned the athleticism of Elijah Moore. He's got a very interesting athletic profile. Yeah, it's definitely – that's one of the most notable things, I think, is the hand size. That pops out because his hands are much bigger than a guy his size should be. But across the board, other than that, his quickness numbers pop out. Um, three cone, 91st percentile, 20-yard shuttle, 93rd. His 40 times, obviously great, 4.35. That's 92nd percentile. Um, it's interesting his leaping numbers aren't great. His vertical is 36. That's 57th percentile, but he uses it everything he has well because he times the ball very effectively um, to get it at the highest point where he can reach it. Um, but his bench press is an, impressive, is an impressive part of this too. 17 reps on the bench. That's at the 71st percentile as among all wide receivers as a guy who's under 180 pounds. So that shows pretty good power for a guy's size. And you do see that. A big part of his elusiveness with the ball in his hands is not just lateral quickness and shiftiness. He can power through people, too. He can break tackles. And the bench press kind of showcases that. So altogether, he put up a really good relative athletic score, um, one of the best among wide receivers in this class. Um, so altogether, it, he's a good athletic profile, uh, especially for a guy his size. There are some things where uh, he did he fared a lot better than most smaller receivers should. So great athlete, and he translates it to the field. Michael, we talked about his athleticism. We talked about his hands. When you take the athleticism and the hands and you combine it with elusiveness, that's what really makes Elijah Moore dangerous because we've seen plenty of guys with reliable hands and we've seen plenty of guys that are really good athletes. But ultimately, you have to make sure that you don't just get taken down right away because if you catch the ball and you immediately get tackled, there's some value in that, but not a ton of value. And if you're somebody with great athleticism, but you don't have great hands and you can't get open as much, there's value in that, but not great value. But you put all of that together and now you're starting to see why a lot of people have such high hopes for him. Yeah, you definitely want to bring everything together onto the field and make the most out of it. it. It's great to be able to run fast or jump high, but if you can't, if you don't have the skill to break tackles, you're not going to be able to put those things, translate those things into actual effects on the game. But he does. He's very elusive with the ball in his hands. Fifth in yard in the country in yards after catch this past season, sixth in broken tackles after the catch. Um, one thing that was interesting is that he didn't put up big numbers on screens Uh, He had the seventh most catches on screens this past season, but only averaged 4.3 yards a catch on screens, which is at the 16th percentile among qualifiers. So that's interesting. He didn't produce much on the screens that um, the Rebels gave him, but obviously screens are a team effort. Blocking is a huge part of it. Um, So that definitely plays a role, and he's going to have much better blocking receivers in this offense. Um, But overall, the elusiveness was there, especially on – non-manufactured touches because like i said screens he didn't do too well but he still is near the top uh in the country in terms of yards after catch and broken tackles so if he's not doing it on screens he was doing it down the field um any anytime he got the ball on the flat in the middle of the field even on deep catches um, that's where his elusiveness really shined he makes um more so than the manufactured touches he's just making extra yardage out of plays Um, when you really wouldn't expect anyone to be creating it. So that's what's really special about his elusiveness. And obviously the Jets are hoping that he can get that screen production up. Um, And he should be able to in this offense with, you know, hopefully better coaching, better blocking at the receiving 
position with guys like Davis, Mims, Keel, and Cole. Um, but what's really special about him is that he can take plays uh, down the field and make extra production out of it when you're really not expecting it. A guy catches a pass in the flat five yards downfield or catches a 10-yard out or makes a contested grab on a post route 20 yards downfield. You expect, okay, make the catch, get out of bounds, or get down immediately. We'll take the yards, good play, move on. But he has the ability to break tackles in situations where it's just a complete bonus, and he does that a lot. So hopefully the Jets can get him to translate that to the screen game a little bit more because he didn't make a ton of plays on screens last season, but uh, the playmaking down the field is where you really saw his elusiveness shine. And there's definitely hope for him to be able to improve on the screens because whenever he's been asked to do more of something, he's done it very well. Early in his career at Ole Miss, he was predominantly used out of the slot, but then this past year when Lane Kiffin came in, he was used a lot more on the outside than he had been in the previous two years and did really, really well. This is somebody who a lot of people have pegged as a pure slot receiver or, as we said, a gimmick guy. But I think even though he can do some of the gimmicks, and he certainly can be really, really good out of the slot, he can win on the outside too. And so I'm really, really curious to see how Mike LaFleur is going to utilize him in this offense. Yeah, he can do both. He was definitely in the slot more often, about 80% of the time last season. But his effectiveness was just as good. Both in uh, both inside and out, uh, he averaged more yards per target in the slot versus outside, twelve and a half versus ten point two. But both of those numbers are so great; it doesn't really matter. But yards per route run, he was a lot more effective outside, three point three in the slot versus four and a half outside. And the main reason for that is that they were throwing him the ball very, very frequently when he was lined up outside. Once every two point three plays when he was lined up outside he would get the ball. So essentially when he was lined up outside, he was getting the ball every other play. So that is really, uh, that's really intriguing. The fact that a guy this small is good enough to where he can line up outside and be fed the ball that much says a lot about the trust that they had in him. And the fact that he was still effective with them, he caught 25 out of his 30 targets when he was outside um, says a lot about what he can do. And this is just another aspect of his game where it's like, This isn't just a gadget guy that you're getting. This is a complete wide receiver who has the ability to break the game in pretty much every way you could want a receiver to break the game. So uh, he has so many things to like about his game, and that inside-outside versatility is a big part of it. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer – Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. 
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. A lot to love about Elijah Moore's game, but also a lot to love about another Elijah that the Jets drafted a little bit earlier in the draft, number 14 overall, Elijah Vera Tucker, the guard slash tackle out of USC. Much like you said with Elijah Moore, who can win in a variety of ways, so can Elijah Vera Tucker. I want to start with his run blocking. Very, very effective. One of the top offensive linemen in all of college football and, of course, in the Pac-12. Yeah, when he was at left guard in 2019, he put up really good numbers across the board, especially with run blocking. 76.7 run blocking grade of PFF. That was at the 94th percentile among all guards in the FBS, and it was the best among guards in the Pac-12. Um, it was very zone-heavy offense, 77% of his run blocking snaps, so he has the experience to play in an offense like the one that the Jets are going to run. Uh, and he did his best in those games when USC ran zone over 85% of the time in a game. He had his four best graded performances as a run blocker. So he is a great fit for this offense. It's going to emphasize outside zone, wide zone so frequently. Um, and his run blocking was a big part of that offense's success. They USC was able to uh, produce off of his blocks. Um, the Trojans averaged about... 8.3 yards per carry when they ran into the left side B gap. So to his outside shoulder, and that was their best of any gap. And they converted on over 60%, 63% to be exact of their runs in that direction, which is absurd on average rush attempts usually convert about a quarter of the time on average, any direction you're usually converting about a quarter of your runs, but they ran to his outside shoulder. They were converting 63% of the time, which is, absolutely incredible and it says a lot about the impact that he had so very impressive run blocking numbers for Vera Tucker when he was playing left guard uh, and still when he was at left tackle this season but especially in 2019 at left guard he graded well as a run blocker and the results for USC running in his direction lined up directly with that and he was no slouch in pass protection either yep he's definitely got both he's not a one trick pony in terms of being better in one phase or the other. He's great in both. So he only gave up seven pressures in 2019, over 590 protection snaps, 1.2% pressure rate, 99th percentile in the nation, second best among power five guards. So pass protection is there too. Um, and an important thing to look at uh, with pass protection is how well guys thrive when they don't get helped out by their offense because there are a lot of ways to help out your O-line bootlegs, play action, 
Um, sometimes you don't have to take on too hard of a challenge because there aren't too many rushers. So PFF has a stack called true pass sets that uh, only looks at protection snaps where guys actually have to block or have a tough matchup. And he still did a great job in those situations with the pressure rate, um, about a third of the average for guards in those true pass set situations. So excellent pass protection for Vera Tucker to go along with his great run blocking. Uh, it's it's definitely great whenever you can find a prospect, an offensive line prospect who's uh, strong in both phases of the game, and he definitely brings that to the table. What you love about Elijah Vera Tucker is that not only is he really strong in pass protection and in run blocking, but he's also incredibly versatile. You alluded to this before. He has the ability to play both left guard and left tackle, and that's one thing that was key to convincing him to come back to USC this past year was that even though he had played tackle in high school, he played guard at USC. So everybody knew how effective he was at guard, but if he could show that he could also be an elite tackle, that would raise his stock up through the roof because then teams would see a guy who could run block, pass block, play guard, play tackle, basically as versatile and as weakness-free as you can be. And that is essentially what happened. He proved himself a tackle this past year and ended up becoming the 14th overall pick to the point where the Jets traded up with a fair amount of draft capital to go from 23 to 14 to grab him. So the gamble paid off, and he was able to show that he can do pretty much everything. Yeah, it was definitely huge for him to show that he can do that. He has that versatility. Going forward, you know, if a hole opens up a tackle, if they want to, the Jets want to move him over there, he can do it because we've seen uh, in 2020 that he has the capability of playing at high level as left tackle. Um, his numbers weren't as dominant at left tackle as they were at left guard, but still great. 2.8% pressure rate, um, 86th percentile in the nation. Then his run blocking grade is at the 80th percentile. So still very good, not quite as dominant as his numbers as a guard, um, but he was still very effective. His pass blocking grade was at the 80 or 95th percentile. So still great, not quite as good uh, at the guard position, but it was very important for him to be able to show that he could do both. And that definitely added to his stock quite a bit. I think the one question mark with him in terms of playing tackle in the league is his arm length. Uh, his arms are only just over 32 inches, 32 and one eighth. That's at the ninth percentile among all offensive linemen. So he has really short arms and it's tough to play tackle in the NFL with short arms. You got to be able to have that reach to get your hands on guys to protect the edge. So that, that is a question mark. It's not, doesn't make it impossible for him to play well uh, at the NFL level, but the PAC 12 did not have a ton of tough edge rushers this past season. And uh, so it's definitely a, a question mark in terms of whether he can play the position in the league with such short arms, but he did play it last season and play it very well. So that capability is there. I think he is built better for the guard position. He produced better in 2019 and his build leans to that more, I think, and his athleticism. Uh, but he did show you in 2020 that he has the talent to play tackle. Michael, last week we did a full statistical scouting report on Zach Wilson. This week we've done one on Elijah Moore and Elijah Vera Tucker. So why don't we round things out with the final offensive player that the Jets drafted, and that is Michael Carter, the running back 
out of UNC. Really interesting player because he can be used in so many different ways. Really explosive. And his athletic profile, much like Elijah Moore's, is interesting. It's not the same kind of interesting, yet still very interesting. Yeah, Carter's athletic profile is definitely, uh, it has a lot of ups and downs to it. It's not the most impressive athletic profile overall. Obviously, he's a smaller guy, just a shade under 5'8", and only 201 pounds, so that makes him a very small running back. Uh, and typically, you'd like to see great speed and athleticism accompanied with smaller guys, and Carter doesn't have that in some areas. His 40, 454, that's pretty average, only 55th percentile. Um, but he did do good really well in the three cone, 85th percentile, 97th in the 20 yard shuttle. Uh, but there are some other areas where you put up some not so good numbers. 10 yard split was only 10th percentile. Um, so a few other numbers, vertical jump, only 43rd, broad jump, 55th. So a lot of average numbers, a couple where he was low, and then a couple where he was really good. Um, but all in all with Carter, I think when you look at his film, it does kind of line up with what you see with these numbers. Uh, he's not a great power guy. Obviously, he's smaller. Not that he can't do it, but in general, it's not his game. Long speed isn't great. I, he definitely has home run ability. Absolutely has it. Um, but, you know, he's not the fastest guy in the world. There are a few plays where he got caught up to. Um, but the main part of his game is the lateral quickness, and that does show up with the three-cone and 20-yard shuttle numbers. So um, he's not the, a world-class athlete, but I think he is – what he does well is that he's he has the skill to be elusive as a running back. He doesn't necessarily beat you with Derrick Henry power. He doesn't beat you um, with ridiculous side-to-side quickness he does have ridiculous side side quickness the long speed isn't amazing but what i think he does have is just the feel for running back because there's there's more skill um to being elusive as a running back than i think a lot of people realize it's not just about how athletic you are it helps to be really fast really quick really strong but there's also anticipating when you should make a cut knowing which direction you should cut knowing which move is the best for the situation i think those are some of the things He's really good at. So you look at his uh, Carter's athletic profile. It's not the most amazing for a running back that you've ever seen, um, but it does sum him up pretty well. Really good quickness. Speed is pretty good. And he's obviously a smaller guy who's not going to run over too many people. On field intelligence is what I would say with Michael Carter. He has a lot of that. Very efficient in the running game. Can make big plays. Like you said, doesn't have incredible straight line speed. But that lateral quickness is what allows him to be able to pick up a lot of yardage on a variety of different rushes. And the elusiveness, that's something that you absolutely have to have if you're a running back who's not a big power back like Henry. You need to be able to elude the tacklers, and that is something that Michael Carter is very good at. Yeah, elusiveness is the name of his game. Uh, And again, that's the thing. You look at his athletic numbers, they're not the most amazing in the world but yet he's still extremely elusive because he just has the skill and the knack for that so his elusiveness fantastic uh he's fifth best among running backs with at least 100 carries last season in yards after contact per carry he was tied for six in the country with 47 evaded tackles so his elusiveness is fantastic um and one thing that is interesting is that his teammate javante williams who got drafted a couple rounds earlier he also put up great numbers in these areas. So it's natural to wonder whether 
you know, it's just a product of scheme, but it really isn't. North Carolina's uh, offensive line was not good. They were ranked near the bottom in the country in terms of run blocking. So both of these guys are just, they just happen to have two great running backs. It's not like they were feeding off of anything. Um, they were both just that good. Uh, and for Carter, his elusiveness has been very, very good throughout his career. And it peaked this past season with top 10 numbers across the board in terms of after contact uh, and breaking tackles. And a, a big part of his game too is his ability to produce big plays. He, he's a big play guy, much more so than a consistency type of back. He gets a huge chunk of his yardage on big plays, actually more so than any running back or uh, high volume running back in the country last season. 63% of his rushing yards last season came on 15 plus yard runs. That was the most among running backs in the country last season. Um, so, or qualified running back. So he gets most of his yards in those big plays. Not that his consistency isn't good, but for the most part, his game is those huge gains. Uh, that's where he makes, does the most of his damage. Uh, overall, he averaged eight yards per carry. That was the best among FBS running backs with at least a hundred carries. Um, so big plays, that's his game. And he was super efficient overall last season. And that was a product of him being able to turn out those 15 plus yard runs. Uh, and he actually led the country with 29 rushes for 15 plus yards in 2020. So, uh, and this is a big weakness for the jets. This is an important thing that they need to clean up. They're running backs last season. Uh, well, just overall the entire team, only 10 rushes for 15 plus yards, which was the fewest in the entire league. So, and also the elusiveness too. Carter um, fixes two weaknesses uh, that the Jets had last year at running back. They had the fewest 15-plus yard runs in the league, so big plays they couldn't get. And elusiveness was not something that they had. The offensive line run blocked at a decent level for much of the season, but yet the Jets were very poor in terms of rushing the ball overall because the running backs weren't that good and weren't getting more out of the play than what was blocked for them. Uh, they averaged the fewest missed tackles forced per carry in the league of any running gra- running back group in the NFL. So elusiveness, big plays, Jets are the worst in the league at running back in both of those categories. Now they get a guy in Carter who's one of the best in the nation at both. And they get a guy who's very effective in the passing game, not just catching passes out of the backfield, but also blocking. Yeah, absolutely. He's a great passing game back. It's always more than... Just receiving, you got to be able to pass block as well. And it's the, the big thing about pass blocking is it's not just about actually executing the blocks. It's showing teams that you can do it well enough so that you being in the backfield doesn't tip anything off. Because um, if you're a back who can't pass block, like, you know, Philip Lindsay is a great example. He's an awful, awful pass blocker. And, you know, if you have a guy like that in the backfield, then teams know it's like, okay, most likely you're not going to ask that guy to pass block. And if you do, we're going to destroy him. So it, ma- it makes it a lot more predictable to have one-dimensional players like that who can't block. Um, but if you have a guy who can't pass block, then it makes things a little harder for the defense to figure out because they know you can trust that guy to pass block, and it's not a guarantee that he's going to come out of the backfield. Um, so that's really important, and Carter can do that. Uh, his pat- they- The Tar Heels use him a lot. He had 207 pass protection snaps in his career. Uh, in 2019, he had 100, which is eight snaps a game, which is a lot. 
Um, but he was very effective throughout his career. Only 11 pressures given up, 5.3% pressure rate. That's about half of the average for NFL running backs in 2020, which is over 10%. So very good pass blocker, and that's important. And then also as a pass catcher, um, he's not the most versatile guy. He doesn't line up out wide or in the slot. Uh, very rarely did that, but just catching the ball out of the backfield, good hands, doesn't drop the ball too often. Uh, his drop rate improved every season. It was under 4% in 2020, which is great. Only one drop each of the past two seasons. Uh, and, and he's very efficient just making plays after the catch uh, when he catches it out of the backfield. He averaged 1.95 yards per route run this past season, which is at the 95th percentile among running backs. Um, so he's a very effective target. He's not a guy you're going to put in the slot or line up out wide and send down the field. He only had one deep catch and one intermediate catch this season out of his 26 catches so or 25 catches. So it's that's not really his game, but dumping the ball off to him, he's going to catch it. He's not going to drop it. And he is able to translate his elusiveness as a rusher to catching the ball out of the backfield. Michael Mania, co-founder and resident stat geek over at JetsXFactor.com. Thanks so much for coming on and taking a look at the statistical scouting reports for the Jets' second, third, and fourth picks in the 2021 draft. Those, of course, Elijah Vera Tucker, Elijah Moore, and Michael Carter. Really appreciate it. Make sure that you're following Michael on Twitter at Michael underscore Nania and following everything he's doing over at JetsXFactor.com. And check out everything we're doing at PlayLikeAJet.com. Right now, a fantastic article up by Steve Ballou taking a look at why all the analytics people that keep talking about how Joe Douglas made such a huge mistake by trading up for Elijah Vera Tucker are completely wrong. We've also got Jason Love's debut talking about the two local kids from Rutgers and what they could potentially bring to the table in training camp and possibly beyond. So check all that out and check out what we're doing on the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. We've got a brand new All-22 video from Luke Grant breaking down Zach Wilson's performance against Utah from 2019. Remember, Utah, the number 11 team in the country that year. So go ahead and watch that. It's a fantastic video. really illuminates a lot about that performance. And if you haven't given us a five-star review on the show yet on iTunes, if you could go ahead and do that for us, really appreciate it. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. doesn't take you much time. doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcast, and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and playlikeajet.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.